Well, I'm doing something that I haven't done in a long time, and that's run a board. How's it feel being I, back in the driver's seat? I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> I can't figure it out. I, I. Can I tell you honestly? I'm a, li- I'm a bit rusty. Yeah, Coverdale had some issues uh, last week. You couldn't tell. You know what I mean? Like you, you didn't could tell. But he was flabbergasted. <laughs> well, I he had, he had like trained for one day, and I was out or something, or I, I needed him to run the board. I was like, I, I can get somebody to kind of sit in with you so you know, you kind of have some guidance. He, and he came in with blazing high confidence, knowing that he knew how to do it after one time. Uh, and yeah, he made some mistakes. When, and so every time I gave him a hard time for it. He, he pressed every button that's on that board. <laughs> I go, dude, trust me. It, that just No, just unplug it. So uh, to share a story one time, I remember um, early on. So... The screen that we have here to push all the buttons for all the sound and stuff is a touch screen. And there was one time my first year here, I sneezed on it accidentally. And there was like little uh, particles of it's the reason why you wear a mask these days. It uh-huh. got all over the screen and every bell and whistle was going off. Whoa. And old Matt Walters was in the building. Oh, and boy, no. did I hear it. He ran a tight ship. When he was here, he wasn't messing around. He Shout did. I'll I, I tell you what, I, to give Matt Walters a ton of credit, he's like, he's a big influence on kind of how I run the ship sure. these days, you know? Sure. Tough but fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll be a little bit tough with you at first, but sure. you're, you're going to learn a lot. Right. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn work ethic and, and to do things in a, in a, in a kind of a perfect way and in in a in a chili dog mat esque way you don't hold grudges either even if you mess up you just you messed up let's get it over with learn from it and move on if you keep making the same mistake that's when we're gonna well fight i've learned that um as i've 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 taken over the sports director role i'm like somebody makes a mistake and i ask that person why did this happen mm. and I, i'm a little i'm serious about it Mm-hmm. That's what Matt did. I was like, man, I learned a lot from that guy, and I didn't even know it until it came out. Absolutely. And the big board, the other one, the old school big board, kind of like what people see uh, when they're like mixing music and stuff that we run, that one is tough, too. If you've never dealt with it, boy, it can be intimidating. So here's the breakdown for the show today. We're only on live for an hour because at 5 o'clock, I got to get out of here, heading over to Manhattan High basketball tonight. Um, and you know Troy's out for the whole week, mm-hmm. um, so we're, we're going to be live for this hour. Then uh, best up for the second hour. But uh, boy, we're going to try to make this as fun as possible because we're going to get number one song in. We got to squeeze in some Michael B- Michael Bishop news. But I tell you what, nothing has taken a storm today like K State Twitter, and it makes me happy that I'm a K State fan because before I was a K State employee, you know, I'd get on the social media and, and, and you know and, uh, and chirp a little bit. <laughs> You know, I, I, I wasn't afraid to go on Twitter and get after somebody for a bad take. Yeah. These days, I don't do that. I do not touch it. I just kind of stand back and watch. You do hold yourself back. Well. You hold yourself I'm back. I'm not going to get myself in any sort of, uh, in a way, of jeopardizing my job. I know, because you used to come with some hot takes back in the day. You used to come with the heat. Well, and I just, I had no tolerance for any slander towards K-State. Yeah. I, I wasn't here to hear about it. No. Um, but, but now a journalist is involved, and in a way, it's un- unethical. 
So, I honestly, and to be honest, I, I've never heard of this guy until today. It's no slight against him. I just probably don't pay attention as close as I should. <laughs> Jeff Ketchum. Mm. Uh, if you haven't heard of this guy, this guy is, uh, he has really stirred up K-State Twitter today. And another reason I'm happy I'm a K-State fan, I do not want K-State Twitter getting after me. He is with OrangeBloods.com, and according to his uh, accounts here, his bio, it's the number one site for Rivals.com, which I, I, I probably wouldn't argue that. I'm sure they get the the, the uh, bumper-to-bumper traffic every day on the they, interwebs. They probably do, but let's let's get a DY on line two, and let's see if he knows. <laughs> I, I, I bet you those two guys are completely different. Yeah, they don't seem... <laughs> No, no. So why he is in part, he's involved with this unethical topic today is a big reason, uh, is because of Tim Fitzgerald earlier today of GoPowerCat.com putting out his daily delivery talking about Jeff Ketchum. And I didn't even notice he was doing this until Fitz released this video. It goes back to November 26th, and it's a tweet that says, surely... Some big-time school is going to let Deuce Vaughn know that if he enters the portal, he's got a spot. Surely he leaves, right? Comes out with a tweet about a week later. If I'm Deuce Vaughn, I'm transferring after the season. There's no reason to stay in purple Manhattan if I don't have to. No offense to anyone living there. And there was more tweets after that, but Fitz comes out with this video. It's like a first-round haymaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, a knockout blow in a way, kind of exposing the guy. Now, Fitz did bring up a comment where he was becoming an influencer, and in media, you do not become an influencer, especially in this level, college athletics, influence a kid to go somewhere else is a huge no-no. I don't yeah. know the repercussions of that. I just know it is extremely found, frowned upon at the at the least. He mentioned that something about Deuce Vaughn trying to get him to come to Texas. I never really saw anything of that, but maybe there's something I just don't know. I'm not going to point any fingers right there. But to me, just those tweets alone is borderline being a media influencer. Yeah. Because just every student athlete out there these days, especially at the college level, is going to type in their name. Power five guy like Deuce Vaughn is going to type into his name in the search bar and look for tweets in his name. That's what every kid out there is doing. And he's going to see these tweets and it's kind of poking him to be like, hey, buddy, you know, Manhattan, Kansas. K-State brand can only get you so far. Think about the money you can make if you go somewhere else. Like, that kind of stuff can get in his mind. And a guy in the media that's putting those kind of things out there is a big no-no. Yeah. Um, Now, I I mean, I would not be surprised if feelers were out there from other schools. If I was in other school like Texas or, uh, you know, Round Rock is just 20 miles north of Austin, and he's from Round Rock. Yeah, if I'm a Texas fan, I'd love to have Deuce Fawn there. Deuce Fawn doesn't seem like that type of guy that would ever leave K-State. What Jeff Ketchum doesn't realize is K-State is a perfect place for a guy like Deuce Fawn. doesn't matter where he's from. I don't care if he's from the Austin area. Deuce Vaughn was an under-recruited three-star talent or whatever he was. I don't remember what his star rating was, but he was definitely under-recruited. Nobody in Texas put out a uh, an offer. That's a perfect place for him to come to K-State and be a star. K-State's made many stars out of that previous status. Texas is a place for five stars go to f- become a five and seven team. Mm-hmm. 
But K-State Twitter got after him, and he has responded in a very moody way. Double A bit sassy. Double down, for sure. And it got really weird. It it got super weird because he, he responded to Fitz, saying, I didn't say this or that. And then took some shots at Fitz, but he mentioned that K-State is the number two school in Kansas. Now that woke up this sleep. I won't call it a sleeping giant. It was napping. Yes. There's a lot of people, I think, in K-State Twitter that like a were 10-minute like, nap. That were like, well, yeah, they're, they, just what you said earlier, yeah, there probably are schools that are kind of putting the feeler out there for Deuce. And he would be. Someone who would like type his name in and say he's he knows he's good enough to go to any other school and play on and and go to a school where the NIL stuff is huge and they're paying people big stuff. Texas A and M, Texas. He could go walk. He could go play right now on either one of those teams. But the comment about the number two school that that's what woke up everybody. I think everybody was uncomfortable with what he said already, but most people are like, yeah, whatever. The number two school thing. No. No, 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 no. No. He made a mistake of going, uh, just that comment alone was a big mistake, and I think this is a learning experience for everybody. Uh Uh-huh. And it's not just going after, you know, K-State Twitter. I'm not going after him or anything. It's K-State Twitter that's responding, and, uh, you know, it does get a little bit personal in there. But then the next comment was, I've spent the last 25 years being hated by so many people for many weird reasons that these K-State fans really aren't coming close to landing a glove. He's not the first to make that comment. I want to—I I just want to get that clear, that there have been many to respond to K-State Twitter like that. But then he goes on to say, my own dad told me he wished I was aborted to my face like four years ago. It got dark really quick. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. What is that about? Holy crap. Weird. That's weird. And I've heard that from other people, K-State Twitter folks, who kind of threw it out there like, uh, this guy's weird. Uh, You're in for it. If you're going to get into it with him, you're in for a wild ride because this guy's weird. Um, (laughs) I mean, if you wanted to shut it down, that's kind of the way you shut it down right there, right? Is you say... Your dad said he wished you were aborted four years ago. What? It's rough. That it's, <laughs> Man. That's um, awful. I think that's a good learning experience for everybody that when you've thrown out a bad take and you're, it, it's getting a little bit of traction, it's best just walk away. Yeah, absolutely. Turn off the Twitter for a couple of days. Let the, uh, let the notifications run its course and try to get back up on that horse. Let the next thing happen. Like I mentioned, I, I don't know this Jeff guy. I don't know how he is personally. I've never met him. The only time I've ever been in Austin is for K-State soccer, so obviously I'd never run into him. But, man, it's a bad day for for Orange Bloods. Going back to the Deuce Vaughn topic, though, those tweets, like what he's mentioning, like it's not exactly crazy. No. I will say, though, if Deuce Vaughn ever decided to transfer, I would call in sick and not come in for three or four days. That would be – just just speaking for how I think it would – like your life would change – it would change your life. If hashtag my boy, Devon, transferred to Texas, yeah, I would expect you to be out for a while. You'd use up your vacation days in one month you know you mentioned it before the show came on when taylor bratt was here 
you're recruiting your players every year every to just year. stick around, and nobody is safe. I would hope K State would be safe in the Deuce Vaughn, you know, the the, the Deuce Vaughn arena. K State gave him the chance when nobody else was really giving him the chance, and it, it's kind of like you know. Like Malik Knowles, you know, Malik Knowles is sticking around because K-State believed in him. Um, Guys can leave at any time. Deuce Vaughn would be that one guy that if he were to leave, it would completely change the ceiling of K-State football. The the expectations of K-State football would change so drastically, it would melt. It would just crush hearts across this landscape of K-State football. Right. It would change everything. Right. And that's what I'm so happy you said it because you, you said it better than I did. I think initially when the guy tweeted what he did about Deuce Vaughn, a lot of K-State Twitter was like, he's not wrong. I, you know what I mean? Like, not that not that K-State's a bad place. It's just he's not wrong with what he's, uh, you know, saying. I'm just like, where's the boosters? Get this guy a million-dollar NIL deal right now. A car. Dude. A plane, something. a boat. No more schoolwork. Whatever can fit in the garage. No more schoolwork. He's good. No more homework. He's good. Doesn't have to take any tests. Do something because now we're in this whole new wow, wow west of this NIL thing. And like Texas A&M spent how much money, you know, this is getting ridiculous. And if it, now we got to talk about Deuce Vaughn possibly. I mean, oh God, it's not even, it's not even a thing. It's, it's not, not a thing. That's the it's thing. Not it's thing. not a thing. There's no rumors out there that no. Deuce is like, he's he's sticking around. Guys. It's just some blue or orange blood. It, it, yeah, guy. it's somebody pushing somebody who's from the Austin area to push another a kid from the Austin area to go somewhere bigger because he has a big name. Right. And this certain guy in the media doesn't look at K State as being good enough for Deuce Vaughn. Right. And trashing K State at the same time. The phone is ringing. So, David G and I, Mitch Fortner here, we're all in the same studio. It's going to be hard to answer the phone while we're on air. So, if you want to call back, going to take a break. You can call back. But when we come back, we still have number one song of the day coming up. Michael Bishop is uh, still getting disrespected. Oh! And guess who's back? That's all coming up next on The Game. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. Shady's back. How old were you when this song came out? 18. I was 18 years old. So you were allowed to buy the CD if you Absolutely. wanted to. Did you, did you get it? The Eminem show? Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, like, the Eminem show was, everybody had that. You, you had to have that. If you weren't bumping the Eminem show, you were a loser. Well, the reason you're hearing Marshall Mathers is because the Bruce is back. If you heard the Game Sports update just a few minutes ago, that's the big spoiler. But uh, Bruce Weber, during his press conference earlier this morning, announcing that uh, today is his last day in the protocol. He's back tomorrow. He will be on the bench for the Cats against TCU. He missed the West Virginia game. Actually, he missed the last couple of games, didn't uh-huh. he? But the West Virginia game... <laughs> One coach out there, you know, Shane Southwell was not alone for the Texas game, but Bruce Weber had to miss two games. Unprecedented for Bruce Weber. He never misses games. 
But COVID-19 got in the way, and I was trying to remember, did Bruce ever miss a game last year because of the pandemic? I don't think no. he did. I don't recall really a coach ever missing a game. I, You know, my memory's terrible. I don't remember that far back. But Bruce Weber will be back on the bench. He also mentioned that when it comes to the players, which K-State had nine, I believe it was nine total, uh, for the West Virginia game, that um, – for those that are available for tomorrow, going to have to wait until tomorrow to find that out. Uh, Kellis Robinette in his article earlier today made it sound like, or says it sounds like Mike McGraw might be the only one that has to sit out, which that's good news. We'd love to still have Mike McGraw add to that guard depth. But if he's just the one missing, that's great. That's yeah. awesome news. But this did influence the topic for me. And it goes back to before the West Virginia game. Bruce Weber knows he's not flying out to Morgantown. Just Jermaine Henderson is going to lead this squad out there. He said it was unfair to play in these conditions. I half agree with that. I asked Gene Taylor about this yesterday, and Gene says, well, I mean, this is how it is. Everybody agreed upon the rules, the threshold of the minimum that would be needed to play a game. It was laid out, six players and a coach. And K-State has, once again, barely been over that threshold to play games. Ran into that last year. I remember, uh, you know, that Oklahoma State game. That's right. And K-State had, like, six players for that. that's right. Six scholarship players. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Going back to my memory, now I can't remember who the the kid was that outscored Kate Cunningham. Why am I – I always forget – uh, he hit a three. He outscored Cade Cunningham <laughs> six to five. I'm ter- I'm telling you, I'm terrible with names. But here's what I do agree with, and that is is the coaching part of that. One coach is not enough. No, I mean if one coach coaching seventh grade basketball is hard enough. Tough. I mean, there's things you got to manage during the game. There's always you always see somebody there like keeping stats, keeping track of fouls. You always see a coach stand up and say, "Hey, uh, you know, uh, Mike Johnson, he has three fouls." Well, we got 18 minutes left in the second half. We better get him out of there. There's a support staff for that basketball team that keeps track of a lot of things, lineups, fouls, everything. When you got one coach out there trying to trying to direct the crowd and trying to figure out who should be in and who should be out with a little bit of help from support staff, that's a tough gig. I can understand how that is unfair. But again, going back to what was agreed upon with the Big 12, the one coach thing, that's the way it goes this year. And that's just like why did they do that? I you know, I I don't understand why 6 sounded like an acceptable number of players like that's not anybody and then you think about like you flew those people from manhattan to west virginia that tiny group of people why was six the magic number it should be eight like i don't past eight why are we here i think that the guys that did get to play at west virginia at least the first half it was good for them because they went out they battled they battled hard, and they got in foul trouble, and they still battled and stuck uh, West Virginia. They stuck them hard. But then the second half, 
you know, I don't know how 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 good that is for your team building to give up a seventeen point lead like that and then lose. I don't know how great that is, but I know for that first half that was instrumental in giving some of these guys some, you know, some some uh, experience and confidence in themselves. I'll add to that that we we have seen the same story. It doesn't matter if K State's shorthanded or if that full strength or missing a guy or two. We've seen the same thing happen, just in reverse order. Absolutely. With the shortened roster and missing some coaches, we've seen this team come out hot to start games. They led by 17 points at West Virginia. It's crazy. And then they blow the lead in the second half. Case had a nine-point lead against Texas, and they blow that lead. We saw when they were at full strength that in the first half, well, they could have done better. They could have. There was a big lull. We've seen too many lulls this season. Second half, we've seen them come out with a little bit more fire. But we still see the lulls. It's the same story. But we've seen teams have success with seven or eight guys. I will throw out a team for you. The K-State women's basketball team. has. I mentioned this yesterday. They played shorthanded all year. Two of their biggest wins this year have come with seven players. And one of them came with eight players. Now, granted, they did have a full coaching staff, I do believe, if I remember correctly. But teams can have success and be, you know, a short roster. Even when they do have, you know, 11 or 12 out there, some teams still just play seven or eight teams and have success. Absolutely. To me, that is not an excuse. That really just boils down to if you're in shape, if you have talent, if you have good coaching. It kind of just rolls in what you would consider – what makes a successful basketball team. So to me, I don't buy in to, you know, six is still a very small number. But K-State still had, you know, seven or eight guys, eight, nine guys to play basketball. And they have shown that they can compete with those kind of numbers. But it boils back to the same story. It's not consistent. No. The the great play is not consistent. I, I don't think K-State still has not played a 40-minute game no. of great basketball. No. It still hasn't happened this year. And the window for K-State success, and especially for Bruce Weber, it's almost slamming shut, especially with the 0-3 start. And after this TCU game, you run into a buzzsaw of four straight games that are going to be some tough ones to win. Before we take a break, I did want to get to um, the Michael Bishop news And we found out yesterday the College Football Hall of Fame class. And guys, once again, Michael Bishop has been snubbed. Michael Bishop, again, and I don't know how many times this is now. I think it's like three times or maybe it could be more than that. But Michael Bishop is not going to be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame for the class of 2022. Um, I'll throw out some names. Michael Crabtree is on that list. He's also somebody like Michael Bishop that played two years of Big 12 football. Here is my issue. Michael Bishop, second place in the Heisman voting. He got better the next year. Michael Crabtree got worse. Mm-hmm. That might be debatable for some, but his Shots numbers fired. were worse. His numbers were worse. Who else is in there? Uh, Roy Williams. It's not even the cool one. It's the defensive back uh, for uh, Oklahoma. That Roy Williams. Uh, Rashawn Salami. Yeah, Salami. I mean, he, did, he won a Heisman, though. Rashawn Salam won a Heisman. He was I really know, good. I know who he is. But, like, Mo Gardner, 
Mo Gardner? Who? And then you got your uh, Terry who is, Miller. Who's, Get the who's Mike Haas from Oregon State? Marvin uh, Jones? Andrew Luck? That guy got lucky. Uh, boy. Barely even had a cup of coffee in the NFL. I mean, Boomer Grigsby, dude. What? Those guys. Champ Bailey? I'm pretty sure he wasn't a champion in college football. Ooh. Maybe he was. I don't know. No. That was, that was, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, talk about Michael Bishop days. That's also Champ Bailey. <laughs> that's so, true. At Georgia. By the way, <laughs> yeah. shout out to the Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Ugga, no national doubt. champion. No doubt. Looking horrific during the game, though. But I think, it, you know, it makes me sick. Once again, Michael Bishop being snubbed. That's stupid. Of the college. It, it's, yeah, it is stupid. It's stupid. The question was just raised. I saw it on Twitter. It's going around again, and it comes up all the time. You know, who was the best team to not win a championship? <laughs> Obviously, the 98 Cats and Michael Bishop, uh, who was a Heisman Trophy finalist, not being recognized properly makes me sick. All right, let's get to number one song of the day. That is coming up next. Oh, it wasn't there? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Get ready for the drop, boys and girls. How did this go, number one? From 1975, The Hustle by Van McCoy and the Soul City Symphony. Eh, just one week at number one. Van McCoy, musician, record producer, arranger. That's all one word, arranger, not like a park ranger. Songwriter, singer, <laughs> and uh, orchestra <laughs> conductor from uh, Washington, D.C. Man, disco sucks. I was going to ask you, like, oh. if you were, bo- like, what year were you born? 83? 84. 84? Yeah. If you were born in 55, you're 20 years old, you hit, you can get into the discos you can get into studio 54 are you a disco guy you think back then if you're born i'm an r&b kind of guy like uh you know like a jackie moon kind of guy you know what i mean so i would have been probably hanging out around those places um but a disco sucks man just awful I, i i i if you ask me like three years ago, does disco suck? Like I would say absolutely. Over the years though, I've kind of grown to love the Bee Gees a little bit. And, and so, you know, there's there's always that band that has a special place and is like kind of put above everybody else that's in their genre. And I think about the Bee Gees. It's undeniable that how catchy and talented they are and well, how great the music is. But disco as a the whole sucks. I won't lie. What really put the BGs over for me? The DGs, Foo Fighters. Oh man! I mean, they—I thought they really killed it they with their covers. Smash! Yeah, uh, and uh, "You Should Be Dancing" is my favorite BG song, and I thought the Foo Fighters did an amazing job with it. I thought yeah. it was actually better. Yeah. Than the uh, DGs it's, or the it, BGs, rather. It's hard to hate on them, and, and it's like. It's one of those things where they get a special pass, I think. But like this stuff, yeah, this to me this sucks. Isn't that fun? But um, 
I tell you what, Van McCoy, though, give him credit because he has approximately 700 song copyrights to his credit. He has produced or written or both with artists as in Gladys Knight, uh, Aretha Franklin's in there, Nat King Cole, Tom Jones, David Ruffin, Peaches and Herb. He actually uh, discovered them. Wow. And Leslie Gore. Wow. He is all responsible uh, or helped be responsible for those acts. By the way, somebody's calling in. We can't answer the phone. We're both in the same studio. It's hard to uh, pull that off. Sorry, Sorry. guys. Um, Unfortunately, McCoy died of a heart attack in uh, in 1979 at the age of 39. He died really young. Damn. Uh, McCoy, he's actually one of hundreds of artists that lost all their material in the 2008 Universal Fire. But as a performer, he put out 11 studio albums. The Hustle is his only hit. He's a he's a one-hit wonder. And it's from his second studio album, Disco Baby. One for 700. He's one for 700. The music business, baby. It's tough. It, well, in a way, you can also look at it as being a little forgiving as well. That's true. Because if you're one for 700, you have no career in basketball. <laughs> but they're like, oh, Van? Oh, yeah, do the hustle? Great like, stuff. You've been so close like 324 times. <laughs> 325. You're going to get it right here, my friend. Go ahead and give it to him. So here comes the question. Which came first, the song or the dance when it came to the hustle? Oh, The dance actually came first. The hustle was already a popular dance, and the way McCoy even heard about the hustle, he went out to a club with a New York City DJ. They went out in New York to a place called Adam's Apple. Adam apostrophe S Apple. Mm -hmm. And it was was a pretty upscale place, it looked like. At least I found a commercial on YouTube for Adam's Apple, and they made it look pretty classy. There's no way. There was no way that place was classy. No. Drugs everywhere. I mean, about as everything you can imagine with the 70s and New York City, which was a wild time for that city. Yeah. Everything was happening in that place. But uh, McCoy, he spent like an hour in there, and the the song just popped into his head. He's like, let's get to his studio. Let's bang this one out. We, I finally got my hit. I finally got my hit. And it would eventually sell over one million singles. He won a Grammy Award for Best Pop Instrumental Performance in 1976. And Soul Tracks named The Hustle the 18th best disco song of all time. Well, that's something. I'm sure that his acceptance speech was, hey, man, cocaine is a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) I just gave up with this at the Adam's Apple and ran to the studio on fire and said, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here's a hustle. I can't believe that's the hit. By the way, you can find a video on YouTube on how to do the hustle. And it's just basically, this it's thing. it's a line dance. Right. It's this thing, right? Where they're doing like the arm, like traveling. Like you, it's, you know, that cliche disco move where uh-huh. you're basically, it's, uh, you know, you point to your left pocket and uh-huh. then go directly diagonal and point up to the stars. Yeah. That's in there. Uh, spinning left and spinning right's in there. I think there's like some uh, yeah, they arm all, spinning. They all have that like traveling call thing, like in the dances, disco. Man. There's electric slide in there a little bit. Oh, like it's it feels like a mix of just a whole bunch of different right songs. It's like you know, hustle for a dance. It's kind of a fitting title, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, you're just trying to hustle all these dance moves so you don't have to go back out there. It's a perfect thing for those that don't like to get out there, Absolutely. but you're drug out there anyway. 
Let's do the hustle. We got laughs from coast to coast to make you smile. A real vibe look at each of you to capture all that style. You're the red, white, and blue. The fun and things you do. America, America, this is you. Let's pour one out for Bob Saget. Stories from your friends next door. They never told You might be a star tonight So let that camera roll You're the red, white, and blue All the fun and things you do America, America, this is you Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Saget Ooh, Yay! Uh, my grandma never ever got over him leaving the show really and then bringing tom berger on she yep. said screw him she was a bob saget guy i can remember so america's funniest home videos was full house was never really my show mm-hmm. never really watched it as a kid as an adult never watched fuller house on netflix just wasn't my cup of tea although the the theme song was fantastic yeah i love san francisco um but America's Funniest Home Videos is like the first show I can remember, like, the family watching together. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know? Until this day. Like, I just watched AFV just a few days ago. Like, it was <laughs> right before his passing. His like, you can still... It's still on today. Yeah. Alfonso oh. Ribeiro, who was Carlton on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, is now hosting. Really? He's been doing it for a long time. I didn't know that. Is he good? He's got pretty, pretty good. solid. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, there's no Bob Saget. And Bob no. Saget, rest in peace. I mean, if you've been on social media, he's been getting this outpour of praise on how great of a guy he was never saw his stand-up i did see especially did one time and it was hilarious yeah. but um it also kind of freaks me out a little bit because you know these things kind of happen in threes oh, I know. betty white and now bob saying it it's it freaking me out i can't help but think like man i hope somebody's like who's who who's could be up next, next you know who's up next um but to me bob saget was hilarious one of the most popular TV dads of all time. Oh, man. Danny Tanner, dude. But I, I didn't love him more than when he was on America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah. He was awesome. Well, I thought you got more of the real Bob Saget. He was able to get a little bit little bit further down than... Danny Tanner's a square, man. Just a total square. And America's Funniest Videos, if I remember right... It was on major cable. Like, it yeah. was on, like, NBC or something at 7 o'clock... On you know it was it was like t- family television everybody gather around the TV and that's like now AFV is probably on like you know Twitch or whatever you know what no, I mean? it's it's still on ABC it is yeah oh my god I take it back I take it back I just remember it being like a big deal it was a huge deal Bob Saget um if you've ever seen the documentary The Aristocrats man oh, he yeah. is amazing um also Greg Giraldo. Yeah, the roast king. Uh, R.I.P. to him too, as well. A few years ago, but he said, uh, "Bob Saget, the nicest thing I can say about you is no one's ever said anything mean about you," and that's pretty big in the comedy world. No one's ever said anything bad about Bob Saget. It's a bad deal. It's a sad deal. Really, really, really. I was a big fan, mm-hmm. and it, I was I was shocked to uh, learn about his passing. Now, from Bob Saget and AFV to AUA and David G. 
What do you have for us? Uh, in lieu of that, uh, your favorite TV dad. Who is your oh, Tim TV? Taylor. That's Ooh. an easy one for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was the Uncle Phil guy. Man, I loved yeah. Uncle Phil. He was cool. Um, also, let's see. What is a who's an actor? The first actor that comes to mind that isn't a star per se, but when you see that they're in a movie, you get excited. This is an easy one for me as well. Luis Guzman. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anytime he kind of steals the show. I, sometimes I wonder if the, if they don't want to hire him for, for stuff because they're like, dude, you're gonna outshine people and you're not supposed to. I remember uh, the first movie I saw him in was a movie called The Cowboy Way. Uh-huh. He, and he's kind of known as being a funny guy. Yeah. But he was like a real like serious gangster type of dude. Uh-huh. And, and it was like a, a Woody Harrelson, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland movie. It's one of my favorites. Great movie. It was amazing. It's a, that's a wonderful movie. Um, Boogie Nights. Luis yeah, Guzman yes. and Boogie Nights. Very, yes. So funny and so cool. What's your answer? We got um, 20 seconds. Oh, uh, 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 um. Steven, um, uh, I can't remember his last name now, but he played Ike Clanton in Tombstone, and he was also an Avatar. He was the mean general in Avatar. Uh, Steven Wright, I think is his name. Uh, he, I always think that it's going to be awesome. We got to go. Best stuff for hour two. I'm going to Manhattan High Basketball. It's coming up at six.